Jiminy Crickets. I'm the guy they call Little Mickey Mouse. Not a sweetie down in the chicken house. Neither fat nor skinny, she's the horses. Winnie is my little Minnie Mouse. When it's feeding time for the animals, and they howl and growl like the cannibals, I just turn my heel to the hen house deal, and you'll hear me sing this song. I have listened to the goo goo his and I've heard the roosters cock a doo doo With the cows and the chickens, they all sound like the dickens when I hear my little Minnie. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Jiminy Cricket's mini episode 8. And today, we are going to be talking about Walt Disney World news. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing good. You ready to talk about Walt Disney World? I sure am. I got my (laughs) Mickey ears on. (laughs) So this is kind of like a part two of a three-part news series that we're doing right now. We did a Disneyland episode last week. And we should be doing another one after this one on upcoming movies that are coming out. So keep an eye out for that one. And first we want to start this episode with bringing back an oldie but a goodie. One of our fan favorite segments, the Encyclopedia segment. Get the Encyclopedia. E-N-C-Y-C-L-O-P-E-D-I-A If you want to know the answers, here is the way Just look inside this book and you will see Everything from A clear down through Z In the Encyclopedia E-N-C-Y-C-L-O-P-E-D-I-A Alrighty, so our encyclopedia topic that I've chosen for tonight is related to our main topic, which is Walt Disney World news, and Chris doesn't know it, but he's about to find out what I chose. I chose Pleasure Island, and the encyclopedia entry in the official Disney encyclopedia written by Dave Smith reads as the following. Evening Entertainment Area Opened at Walt Disney World on May 1st, 1989, Disney Imagineers felt that there should be a place where guests staying on the property could find nighttime entertainment without having to travel into Orlando. This was one of the first Disney attractions that came with a mythology all its own about the recent discovery of an abandoned shipbuilding, operation of one Meriwether Adam Pleasure, that the Disney designers decided to restore. It is now the location of a group of nightclubs, restaurants, a megaplex movie theater, and shops, with entertainment culminating in a New Year's Eve celebration every night. The Empress Lily has become part of Pleasure Island. There is an entrance fee to the island only in the evenings. During the day, guests can wander around the shops at leisure. In 1996, Pleasure Island became part of the downtown Disney complex. So tell me what you, um, your thoughts about Pleasure Island, Chris. Oh, wow. I have a lot of history with that place. So, first of all, we should say that this is obviously not the most recent edition of Disney Encyclopedia because (laughs) Pleasure Island no longer exists. And the Empress Lily is there, but it's no longer called the Empress Lily and etc, etc. But anyway, that being said, um, I went to Disney World in May of 1989, shortly after Pleasure Island had just opened. 
and I was not um, old enough to consume alcoholic beverages, and there were several of the nightclubs that I was not allowed to go inside, but um, there were several that I was permitted to go into if I was accompanied by an adult. In fact, I couldn't get into Pleasure Island at all unless I was accompanied by an adult. But there were a few places that were family-friendly that I was able to check out. And the main one would probably, that I remember the most, would probably be the Adventurers Club. They did allow children in there. I could not sit at the bar, but I could sit out in the lobby or in the little rooms and things. And that was really amazing. And um, I also remember the big, the big neon sign of Jessica Rabbit. Do you remember that, Ruth? I don't. I never got to see this. You haven't seen pictures of that? Um, no, I don't remember. It's kind of iconic. It was this big, huge neon sign of Jessica Rabbit sitting on a build on the roof of a building. You know, they made it look like she was sitting on there. And her leg was sticking out from her dress, because, you know, her dress had a slit down the side. Mm -hmm. And her leg was mechanical, and it rocked back and forth. Oh, cool. Kind of like a Las Vegas Kind of like a Las Vegas sign, yeah, but it was Jessica Rabbit. That was kind of the icon of the place. And then they had, back then, the names of the nightclubs changed over the years. But back then, one of the main places was called the Zephyr Rock and Roller Dome. And they actually, um, it was a roller skating rink. And younger people were allowed into that club. And they had, like, these little um, glass, um, like, breezeways that kind of wrapped around and you could and you could roller skate through them. And they were at all different levels, kind of like, you know, like little tubes. Mm-hmm. And you could see people roller skating, like, above you and around, <laughs> all around you. That didn't last long because I heard there were some accidents and Disney quickly shut that down. Uh, to prevent, I guess, lawsuits, but I do remember seeing that when I went there in 89 and thinking how cool that looked. Um, They weren't doing the New Year's Eve countdown at that time, but I didn't stay till midnight anyway, because I was... How old was I in 89? I was probably about 13 or 14 years old, so I wasn't allowed to be at a place with a bunch of drunken people at midnight <laughs> right <laughs> but i mean my mother was with me so but uh yeah and then oh and we went into the comedy club and we saw the comedy show in there which was a lot of fun so that was my first experience with it my next experience was when i was in the college program because gosh we would spend many an evening all us college kids hanging out at Pleasure Island. It was kind of the go-to place for us in the college program. And one of the um, places was like a beach. It was, I think it originally was called Videopolis, but by now they got rid of the Videopolis theme. And it was like a beach-themed place. That was kind of the most popular place. And then there was the other one that was called Mannequins. And had a, it had a rotating circular dance floor that slowly spun around so like i mean not enough to really like kind of really slow so you couldn't really tell it was rotating but like within like 
five minutes, it would make a complete circle. So as you're mm. dancing, you're like spinning around at the same time, huh. kind of weird. And there were mannequins all over, like hanging from the ceiling and kind of creepy, kind of like the <laughs> house of wax kind of thing. <laughs> and then I remember um, how they kind of incorporated the whole Empress Lily into the whole thing. And I thought that was cool. And then they had, um, they had a restaurant called Portobello. Which I had nothing to do with Portobello Road from Bedknobs and Broomsticks, but I just like took note at the time. Hey, that has a kind of a Disney connection. And then there was another restaurant called the Fireworks Factory, and it had it it looked like a fireworks factory on the inside. And I think this was a callback to a Tony Baxter idea from when he was planning on building Discovery Bay at Disneyland, he had an idea for an attraction that was called the Fireworks Factory, where there were explosions and everything. I think it was supposed to kind of be an elaborate shooting arcade when he was mm-hmm. planning it, and this kind of was a... It evolved into this restaurant eventually. So lots of Disney connections. I always felt like the whole merry, merry weather pleasure story that they contrived was just that very contrived and not necessary and really nobody really paid any attention to that they had little plaques everywhere in front of each building describing the story and what significance this building had to this fictional story i always Hmm. felt like it was kind of lame and not needed they should have just kept all that at the um, adventures club because it made sense with just that specific club because he was the proprietor of the club, Mary Adam mm-hmm. Webster. And he was actually, there was an autom- audio animatronic figure of him inside the club. Hmm. So, anyway, that was that place because of, you know, I went there when it first opened, because I went there when I was in the college program. I was actually very sad when I heard that it was going to close. It actually closed on my birthday the year. I forget what year it closed, but I do remember specifically that it closed on September 27th of that year. So that's my birthday. So it even even hit me even worse because happy birthday, Chris. We're closing a place that holds all these memories for you. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was like five years ago or something. I don't remember exactly when it closed. It was already on, you know on life support by the time it did close because they kind of had shut down a lot of the clubs and 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 dumbed it down and made it less of a place but i mean they had a lot of problems with you know young people causing havoc and they didn't really want that atmosphere in a family environment and i don't blame them so unfortunately people can't just have nice things Hmm. <laughs> As they don't appreciate them, but right, yeah, Pleasure Island, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wanted to bring this up because I never got to see it. I never got to experience it. By the time I started going to Walt Disney World, that area was already shut off. Yeah. So I remember walking in Downtown Disney, and that being um, an area you couldn't walk around. So yeah, I mean, I I didn't even get to experience the Adventures Club, which is really a bummer yeah you know so i mean that's why i wanted to talk about it and hear your experiences yeah and then the other thing is which really it was a really surreal experience for me is when i went to um disney springs last february i did go through the area that was once pleasure island and i didn't even know where the heck i was i was completely lost it looked nothing like it 
had once looked. I, I was completely disoriented. I had no idea where anything was. It was just like... They had changed it so much that it's not even the same place at all. Hmm. The only thing that I even recognized was the um, Steamboat Restaurant, which I guess is called Fulton's Crab House now. Even that looked different because they kind of took away some of the ornamentation on the structure, unfortunately. It used to be an absolutely gorgeous looking steamboat, but now at one point I think they took the smokestacks off. I think they added them back on, but they're not as ornate as the originals. And I mean, it really looked like a real fancy swanky steamboat from the turn of the, I mean, from the 1800s, but now it kind of got a big neon sign on it and it's just not the same but i digress yes well it's good to recognize these bits of disney history so mm-hmm. that's my topic <laughs> and i named my cat after that steamboat <laughs> not really the empress lily yes <laughs> <laughs> All right, so on to our main topic, which is Walt Disney World news. Now remember, this is live and it's without editing, so you're going to hear some, you know, little mistakes here or there, some stumbles, so just remember that we're live and just forgive us. But we'll move on to our topics now because we got a ton of things to say about Walt Disney World and the things that are going to be happening. And we're going to start with our first topic, is the incredible summer that is going to be happening at Walt Disney World. Now, this is kind of like uh, similar to the Pixar Fest that's happening at Disneyland that we talked about in the last episode. So Walt Disney World is having what they're calling the incredible summer. And in how they're celebrating this is at each park, they're doing a little bit something special. So at Magic Kingdom and Tomorrowland, They're going to be having, you know, a super dance party at the Rocket Tower stage with Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, and Frozone. And Edna Mode is going to be there, you know, to, um, as a walk-around character, you can meet her and the other um, incredible characters there. And at Epcot, they're doing a Guardians of the Galaxy, um, I guess it's like a, a dance party kind of a thing similar but with the guardians so they're going to be at the america gardens theater by the um american adventure and um they're going to be playing you know music from the movies and stuff like that at animal kingdom they have two new um offerings which is the adventurers meet up a great bird adventure and it's it's really called um Donald's Dino Bash, which also both of these are debuting kind of in coordination with the 20th anniversary of Animal Kingdom as well. And so kind of to celebrate both of these things. And then of course, Incredibles 2 comes out June 15th and they're going to be of course showing that film at Disney Springs. And then last but not least, they're kind of clumping this into this celebration as well with the opening of Toy Story Land at Hollywood Studios on June 30th. So they're kind of trying to make this overall theming, you know, celebration for the summer, you know, to kind of coordinate with Disneyland too. So 
those are just some of the things that they're doing. We'll talk about um, a couple of these things that I mentioned a little bit more specifically um, a little bit later in the episode. But what do you think of this celebration, Chris? Well, the thing that they're... A lot of these things are nothing new. I mean, and they really have nothing... I mean, they'd be happening whether they had this festival or not. So Right. <laughs> um, the Incredibles takeover, I mean... That is nothing new. They've been having those dance parties at the Rocket Tower stage for several years now. And often they will have uh, Mr. and Mrs. Incredible and uh, Frozone will join in. I've seen videos of that. In fact, I saw one where Mrs. Incredible's head fell off. (laughs) (laughs) and She had to like rush off the stage real fast. Oh, that's funny. I have not seen that. (laughs) Yeah. But, um... The one thing that is new is Edna Mode because she's never been a walk-around character before, and she's such a beloved character. In fact, our very own um, Mike um, from uh, 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 Concierge uh, Travel, our travel planning uh, company that we're affiliated with, it's his favorite character. And a lot of people, that's their favorite character. So it's really cool that they finally have a walk-around version of her in the parks. Long overdue. Um, the Guardians of the Galaxy at the um, American Adventure Theater. What's kind of neat about that one is they're going to perform songs from the mixtapes that were in those two movies. You know, the main character had his mixtapes of all the old 70s and 80s songs. Mm-hmm. Um, all I can hear is ooga chaga, ooga chaga, ooga ooga. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hooked on a feeling. But um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. And I think, you know, even though I, I guess that's kind of a good fit for the American adventure, because that's kind of those are kind of American songs of mm-hmm. kind of a, another era. So I guess that works there. We're going to talk about the up bird show and the dinotastic celebration with donald in a in a little bit so i'll skip over that um i don't see how i mean obviously they're going to show incredibles 2 at the amc theater i don't see how they're clumping this into right (laughs) incredible summer but whatever and then the toy story land opening that would be happening anyway whether or not they had this event and it really has nothing to do with incredibles i guess if you want to be technical, Guardians of the Galaxy doesn't really have anything to do with Incredibles either, but I find it's a little bit closer of an affiliation because at least they're superheroes and Incredibles are superheroes, so I can see the connection there, but still, I, I think they're trying to just kind of make something that... I, I feel like Pixar Fest is a little bit more like legitimately a festival and this is more like just an advertising gimmick more than right. anything else because the only thing i feel that's new completely new and wouldn't be happening would maybe if would be the guardians of the galaxy thing at epcot but i mean that really isn't even incredible so right right or pixar or anything or like pi- that or even so, pixar yeah, yeah. right I mean, so so yeah but i know they're doing that to build the anticipation for the new attraction that they're building too so yeah which also has nothing to do with incredibles right <laughs> that movie you know the incredibles 2 is coming out this summer i mean i don't know 
It's very confusing. Right. <laughs> I don't know. It's just kind of like this umbrella theme that they want to, you know, pull everything under. But, I mean, it's, yeah, it's not as cohesive as Pixar Fest. You right, know? right. But, but it's I mean, fine. Whatever. I'm not offended yeah. by it. I mean, I right. just think it's kind of silly, but it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't upset me, really. But Right. Well, kind of to go along with that, they are also doing a Disney H2O Glow Nights at Disney's Typhoon Lagoon Water Park. And this is a Pixar theme, like, I guess it's kind of like a dance party, an evening after thing. Hours. Yeah, yeah, an after hours night hotspot dance party thing. Is this a separate admission, do we know? or is It is. This- it is. Yeah. So this is going to have Buzz, Woody, and Jesse from Toy Story, obviously. Mm-hmm. Part- Saurus Rex, which he was in the, um, this character in one of the um, Toy Story shorts. And they're going to have, like, you know, games and food and beverages. And, yeah, it's right. uh, $55 for adults and $50 for children. Separate event. They also have, like, a an adult-only oasis called the Wharf that is only open when Typhoon Lagoon transforms at night. Yeah. See, I don't have a problem with... In fact, I feel this should be clumped in with the pick, the Incredible Summer. To me, this seems more like something that should be considered part of that than, I mean, Toy Story Land opening. I don't know. I mean, they could add <laughs> a couple of Incredibles characters to the whole thing and, and consider right. it part of... I mean... You know, they would fit right into this. Right. Um, so from the concept art they've released, which is very stylized, it doesn't really show you like what it's really going to look like. It's more of like a fun illustration. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like this dinosaur that you're talking about is actually the same like regular main character dinosaur from the regular movies, but he has like a kind of a rocker look so it might be the same character but it is it's the like same. his yeah his his other persona like right he, it is persona. the same it is rex in yeah. one of the the toy story shorts he he changed his name to party source rex and had right. his outfit on right exactly yeah. i guess they're gonna have glowing beach balls strobe lights uh um what do you call spotlights everywhere it mm-hmm. looks like a lot of fun i think i would enjoy it i mean yeah. it looks like it's a good time i think it's a good uh I think people would really enjoy experiencing that park at night. It's something they normally close at dusk, so it's kind of fun to have it open at night. And I and I have no problem with it. I just I feel like you know it should just be something for everybody. It shouldn't. It, you should pay your admission to get in at whatever time you want to show up, and it's just part of. I mean, because this is not an all-day place. Right. People are obviously a lot of people that go during the day would probably leave by mm-hmm. the time this starts, and then people might show up maybe at five o'clock, or they might have to close the park to get it ready for this or something. So yeah, they probably do. I mean, how much does it cost to get into the park regularly? Probably about the same, right? So, actually, now that I'm thinking out loud, I actually don't have a problem with it because they probably do have to close down the park anyway, and everybody who's gone there during the day needs to vacate anyway. So it's just like you're going there during the day, but instead you're going at night. It's the same price. You probably can get a lot more done at the nighttime thing because it'll probably probably be lower attendance. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I think that's actually worth it. I think it's worth paying the extra 
it's not really even extra because if you go at night, why would you go also during the day? It's like right. while you're on vacation in Florida, you have the option of either going to the daytime version of Typhoon Lagoon or the nighttime. Right. Or doing both on two different days, which you'd have to pay a separate admission anyway. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I fully support this. It looks like it's from the picture they have. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. All the beach balls are going to be glowing. And yeah, the only thing that I kind of don't, I'm not a big fan of, and we're going to get into this a little bit more because it's related to another topic, is the whole having drinking going on. Oh, yeah. When there's Mm -hmm. kids around. But at least with this, it's in a separate area and it's adults only. Yeah, but I mean, the... That means that the kids can't go into that area, but that doesn't mean the drunk adults right. can't wander can't off leave and out of harass there. Yeah. the children <laughs> in the other areas. Yeah, right, right, right. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, overall, I think this is kind of a cool idea. And right. from the one image that they've put out, um, it does look like, you know, it's going to be a lot of fun. They're going to play like... Music, loud music, you know, pop tunes, which is not my favorite, but I can understand why a lot of people would enjoy that. And it'll add to an overall party atmosphere, so. Right. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it too. It's beginning June 21st, you know, around the same time that Toy Story Land is opening. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I definitely think it would be something fun to experience, and I'm looking forward to seeing the YouTube videos. (laughs) Yeah, probably won't. Even if I was there, you're not going to see me in a bathing suit, that's for sure. (laughs) So I probably wouldn't go anyway, but... (laughs) Yeah. All right. So, moving on, we're going to go into the Magic Kingdom now. All right. On to our next topic, which is the wonderful... A dragon. A dragon. I swear I saw a dragon. (laughs) (laughs) The additional pyrotechs tactics that they added to one of the recent parades one time only <laughs> right <laughs> so this was um on friday the 11th mm-hmm. may 11th um during the um festival of fantasy parade mm-hmm. maleficent the dragon who is supposed to shoot fire out of the mouth actually fire came out of the head and the neck right. and they had to stop the parade and Shoo everybody out. This is what happened around the Liberty Square area right. um, before it went into the hub. And um, they closed that whole area down and, and they put the fire out. And now the, um, the really amazing float is no longer being used in the parade. That's probably temporary. But what I'm worried about is, are they going to stop having it breathe fire even right. when they bring back the float? Because that would suck. Right. I heard that... Um, so they have the same float at um, Disneyland Paris, and mm-hmm. when this happened, they stopped having it breathe fire there. And then apparently there's a float at the in the Pixar Play Parade that a Jack Jack float that also has some fire coming out of it that they stopped having that happen too. Yeah, it may be temporary because they might want to just inspect everything and make sure that everything is you know being properly maintained. There might have been some lacks in the maintenance department when it came to that, and that might be an issue, and they're trying to resolve it before they go back to... Hopefully it's temporary, because, I mean, we've sent men to the moon. We can have a fire-breathing dragon that doesn't cause fires. I mean, the technology is there. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this isn't the first time it's been in the parade. It's worked before. I know. So they just got to figure it's, this out. This is what a two-year-old parade, and it's the first time it's ever happened. So I mean, come on, don't don't get rid of it forever because you had one incident where nobody got hurt. It was put out in 15 minutes. They called the fire department. By the f- time the fire department arrived, it had already been doused, so they didn't even need to be there. But I mean, what I thought was a little weird is they showed they had some people holding up their phones and recording the video of it while it was happening and they seemed really close and nobody was shooing them away right yeah that's what i found a little odd but then i thought about maybe they they probably have a whole plan in place disney in the event of something like this where they don't want to be like get out of the way there's a fight like they don't want to cause panic right by overreacting to things that's true they don't want to yell fire in a disney theme park yeah right they want (laughs) to just kind of keep it cool and not i mean as long as they know that you know it's not anything major i mean it looked worse than it was nobody nobody was anywhere near and it was all up high and it was all shooting up into the air i mean nobody was in any danger at all but right and it was in an open area so there wasn't any right. trees or anything in the way that would right. catch fire or anything like that so right. yeah yeah well i hope they do bring it back cuz that's an awesome float i know that's like the highlight of that parade is that float yeah i thought it i saw it i thought it was really cool and i didn't I was get right, to see it but <laughs> i was right while well, they had the christmas parade going right Right. The last time you went. But I was like right in the prime like location where that she does one of her big fire. Because they don't do it. And ev- there's only certain places they do it. Because mm-hmm. like while she's going around corners, she won't do it. But I was like right in front of the train station at the in the hub where it was like a big straight line that she went across, you know. Mm-hmm. So she did a big puff of fire right there. And it was amazing. Right in front of me. I could almost feel the heat from it. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, there's no, I haven't heard anything about Disney releasing what happened or that it's going to return. So I guess we just got to watch yeah, the news. Yeah, it is very soon to, to they, they probably are, don't know exactly what they're going to do yet. So they don't want to make any announcements until they, you know, know, you know, study it a little bit more and figure out what went wrong and how to fix it before they make any sort of announcements. Right. So, but yeah, this this was all over Facebook on Friday. I know. So. <laughs> it was like everywhere. <laughs> right. Everybody and their grandma has a camera, you know, a video yep. capability in their pocket nowadays. So things like this are, you know, they're everywhere in seconds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, there's a plus side and a minus side to internet, but I mean, yeah. who would have known if they didn't have such, you know, cameras and stuff like that? It's cool that you can kind of see all this stuff like right away. Right. So, all right. Well, on to more Magic Kingdom news. So, they have recently. Well, this is kind of more than just Magic Kingdom. This is like a Walt Disney World thing. Yeah. Disney is now offering a one-day, one-park ticket that includes a pre-selected FastPass Plus experience attached to the park admission. So yeah. this is for all four parks. You can choose a particular um, adventure, yeah, adventure yeah. package or whatever, and then it comes with preset FastPasses. So right. 
you know, for like an example of a Magic Kingdom one, it's called Fantasyland Classics, and then you get a fast pass to It's a Small World, Dumbo, and Mad Tea Party. Yeah, three things that don't really, you don't even need to have a fast pass right. for. Because <laughs> the Dumbo right. has the amazing, like, queue that you sit in. Mm-hmm. Who wants to rush through that? You want to enjoy that whole experience. And then It's a Small World, even with Fast Pass, is one of the fastest queues. Like, I, I never had a Fast Pass for Small World when I went there. And it, the line was huge, but the most I ever waited was like 20 minutes, you know. Mad Tea Party never has a long line either. I waited like about maybe 20 minutes when I rode that. I mean... But of course, this this whole thing is because they're trying to make up for the fact that there's no spontaneity and people who show up at these parks just on a whim are kind of screwed. Right. Because they can't get any fast passes because everything's already taken. So I, I do appreciate them making the attempt to try to resolve that. But even still, you still have to give them 24 hours notice. You can't walk up to the... um the ticket booth on the day of and get one of these you have to let them know a day in advance so i mean if you're i don't understand how that's going to work because i feel like most people that are going to go to disney a day like without having like booked a whole vacation and planning everything ahead they're not going to know to do this 24 hours in advance either Right. Like people who just, you know, people who just show up and say, I want to go to the Magic Kingdom today. I have one day. I'm from, you know, I'm on a business trip and I have one day and they show up. They're not going to know that they should have booked this. How do they let the word out that this is something that needs to be? I mean, people who are last minute are not are last, last, last minute. Like they're not going to plan even 24 hours ahead. So I don't I don't know how effective this is unless you unless you could get this when you walk up to the ticket booth but that's impossible because if you if it's day of all these things are going to be booked up already right so Hmm. i mean i'm not sure about all the logistics i mean i do feel like they're kind of offering this for me i feel like there's a lot of people that are you know maybe Disneyland people who are used to just showing up at the park and and being able to get their fast pass the same day so I feel like they're trying to offer something along those lines but the thing that I am I see this theme in all of these packages that they created for all four parks is it's kind of the fast passes like you said that you don't really need yeah and you could get all these fat you could technically for the most part if you get to the park early enough in the day you could probably get fast passes for all these things anyway right because they're not like crazy like i don't see space mountain on these lists no (laughs) you know not space mountain not thunder mountain not anything that you not even peter pan right and they and the hollywood studios doesn't have star tours um rock and roller coaster or the um tower of terror on any of their packages i mean nothing that's like you know what you really need a fast pass for is included i mean all these other things are just like you know if you have a fast pass cool if you don't it's not that big of a line anyway it's no big deal type right things. right so i mean it's kind of like, i mean 
Who really yeah. cares? I think this I know. is kind of goofy. I'm not maybe, sure. Maybe you do need fast passes for these things, like during like the peak seasons, the summer. I don't know. Well, you kind of did when I went, because it was really busy when I mm-hmm. went. But I mean, like, even still, like I said, Small World was only about a 20-minute line. My worry is that now that they have these packages, it's going to cause even more like people to have fast passes and more like more people having to wait forever in the standby right, lines. Right. And there's going to be less fast passes available for people when you've used up all your fast passes and you want to get another one. Like same right. day because that's that's an option if you have your smartphone and you have the My Disney Experience app, you can get another fast pass after you've used your 3. Yeah, you can even do it if you don't, because I did. I mean, they have little kiosks that you right. can go up to, and that's how I did it, because I didn't have a phone with me when I went. So mm-hmm. I was able to book additional fast passes using the kiosk. But whenever I did, it was like, you know, only a couple things still available, right. and then, like, you know, it was things that don't really need to have a fast pass, so right. it's kind of pointless. Stu- you, know, you mean stuff on this list? <laughs> yeah, well, even, you know, not even some of the, st- like, probably Laugh Floor. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm looking at the whimsical escapades, which includes Little Mermaid, Winnie the Pooh, and Laugh Floor. Probably out of those, the one that would be available by the time I got to the kiosk would be Laugh Floor, which you don't, it's a, it's a big show that holds a bunch of people. Even if you have a ticket, you still have to wait, you know, a, a fast pass, you still have to wait for the next show. Right. And usually the only like amount of people in the holding area are like one show's worth. So right. It's like that. It's pointless to have fast pass for right. something like that. Agree. It doesn't really reduce your waiting time. Not at all. And then, yeah. so you know, what my solution is to this: how to fix this whole problem. What's your solution? Get rid of fast pass. <laughs> <laughs> we won't have this problem. Yeah. Or at least just go back to Legacy Fast Pass, like Disneyland has, where you right. can only get your tickets in the park the day of. Right. So, anyway. Yeah. Well. It seems kind of like a goofy thing. Pointless. Yeah. It, yeah, I don't know. I mean. So far, we have one. Th- we've done three stories. The first one, goofy and pointless. <laughs> the second one, we love. The third one, goofy and pointless. <laughs> so let's okay. see if the next, it's like, he loves me, he loves me not. Right. I, I bet you the next one we're going to love, right? No. Uh, <laughs> the next oops. one, the next one is for me, out of all of the items that we're going to talk about, and I'm pretty sure for you as well, this is the hot yeah. button issue for me. It's up and there. This, this is all of the table service restaurants at Magic Kingdom are now serving alcohol. Yeah. Not just Crystal Palace. Every single sit-down restaurant at Magic Kingdom serves alcohol now. Yeah, they opened and the floodgates when they did the beer and wine at the Beauty and the Beast, which right. said, oh, it's just this one place, don't worry. And then, yep. like, little by little, they introduced it at the, um, the new Skipper Canteen, and mm-hmm. then they brought it to the Liberty Tavern liberty tree tavern and now uh, finally they've added it to the two sit down places in uh, in town square or in uh, central plaza which is not just the crystal palace but the 
that other restaurant on the other side. I forget the name of it. That little restaurant. You, ma- you know the one I'm talking um, about? I do. Um, it's like, I'm trying to see if I... I forget the name of it, but it's... It's it's uh, it's like kind of this uh, tiny little restaurant. It's really hard to get reservations for. But it's an actual... Si- like, the Crystal Palace is a buffet. Like a buffeteria style. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of... I don't know. I'll let you say what you want to say first, and then I'll chime in. Well, I don't like it. I, I could don't... tell from the way you introduced the topic. <laughs> I don't Oh, it's the... called the Plaza Restaurant. Yeah, there the you other go. restaurant. Yeah, sorry. I don't think that the Magic Kingdom should have alcohol. Whatever about the other parks... I mean, they already have them. I mean, we all know that everybody goes to Epcot to drink around the world. But I don't think that the Magic Kingdom should have alcohol. This Magic Kingdom is the most popular park. Also, you are coming there with your family, more than likely. And there's little kids everywhere. And, I mean, I am an adult. I, You know, I like to partake in alcoholic beverages from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I don't go to Disney for that, and I don't even think about it when I'm at Disney, especially the yeah. Magic Kingdom parks, Yeah. because that's not what I'm there for. I'm there to experience my surroundings and, you know, and become a kid. And when I was a kid, I wasn't drinking. So for me, that they don't go together. This yeah. does not go together. This should not happen. I don't care if it's just in sit-down restaurants, because that's that's only where it's starting. You, We can see the domino effect right now. It started yeah. in one restaurant, and now it, it's in all of these sit-down Pretty restaurants. Pretty soon you're going to have margaritas at the Pecosville Cafe. Right. That is ridiculous. No. You shouldn't be, as a family, walking up to these places and ordering that stuff. Like I said, go to, th- go to the other parks. You know, there's places where they have that there, and it fits. I personally think that at Epcot in the, you know, uh, World Showcase, I feel like that's a good match for me. I'm not, you know, I've gone to Epcot and I've had drinks there. But again, yeah. it was one drink and that was it. But yeah, not what the Magic I don't, Kingdom part. What I don't like at Epcot is when you can buy drinks like outside in the right. walk. Like they have those festivals and things where they mm-hmm. set up like temporary booths and little kiosks and things. And you can just walk up and order your, your drink right there. Because mm-hmm. I feel like. It's so easy for people to take advantage because there's nobody monitoring how much you're partaking in. Yep. When you go into a sit-down bar, which I don't have a problem with at World Showcase if they have that. Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of, it's it's part of the theming of it. And it is a more adult-centered place um, as far as Disney World. It's, mm-hmm. It has more appeal to the adults than to the kids. So I don't have a problem with their having a bar inside the Mexico Pavilion where you can get a margarita or, you know, that you get your beer at the um, Oktoberfest. Right. You get your sake at the at the um, uh, Japanese sit-down place. And I don't even have a problem with having bars that you don't have. It doesn't have to be a sit-down, but it's a, a bar that only adults can go in. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Um, I don't like it out on the streets. I don't. I don't like that atmosphere. 
And I feel like that's like what you see at like the local carnival. The bunch right. of rowdy, drunken people that make messes and shout out swear words with little kids all around. I don't like that atmosphere. I don't want to be in that atmosphere. I don't appreciate it. And I don't think Disney Parks is where that belongs. You know? Um, I, I'm okay with it in World Showcase. But, you know, honestly, I'm not really that okay with it in Animal Kingdom or Hollywood Studios, really. Mm-hmm. I feel, too, that that... that that doesn't add to the experience and it's not needed right um it's just disney lining their pockets Mm -hmm. i don't i don't feel that that that's what walt disney would have wanted he probably would have been okay with the world showcase thing in fact originally his idea for that because that did come out of a walt disney idea was that this wasn't gonna be a theme park this whole world thing was gonna be in a public area that anybody could visit so it wasn't within a berm that was considered a park. It was just like, you know, a place where adults could go and socialize and partake. Because mm-hmm. um, this was all going to be part of his plan for Epcot because it was going to have a big shopping area in the middle, which was going to have an international theme, which was what World Showcase evolved into. So, that being said, I feel like that the whole thing of serving it in the fast in the in the sit down places is only you know disney is little by little by little trying to um creep it out into the streets and eventually let's see uh, let's look back at what we said tonight in 10 years i guarantee you they're going to have little kiosks and booths in frontierland and fantasyland and tomorrowland where you can walk up and buy a beer and walk around with it in the park well, that just turns Disney into every other amusement park in the world because yeah. I live by a Bush Gardens and that's what you can do. Buy a beer right. at every little stand. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's already happened in the other three parks. You can do that in the other three parks. You can walk up to, to you know, a, a little booth and buy right. your drinks. So, Right. And then... Um, then what's going to happen is, oh, they're going to like, okay, well, we're going to build a Beauty and the Beast restaurant in Disneyland when they redo Fantasyland, and they're going to serve the alcohol in there. Ugh. Oh, it's just, you know, wine and beer, and you have to eat here, and then a year later, you'll get it at the Plaza Inn, and then, you know, it's going to happen there, too. So this is just opening the floodgates, and this is what the Disney penny counters want. They want to be able to serve alcohol in the parks because they feel like this is Another way to squeeze every last dollar out of everybody who visits the parks. Right. Because they can charge an arm and a leg for like a small glass of wine. Right. Because you're a captivated audience. You can't go, you know, to the bar next door if it's too expensive and buy a cheaper beer over there. You can only buy the one at the price that they offer. So. Right. So here is just food for thought. I'm not going to get into the issue too much, but I just want to throw this out there. So we're going to change Pirates of the Caribbean, the redheaded scene, for um, PC reasons, but then we're going to serve alcohol at the Magic Kingdom. I'm just throwing it out there, because those two things do not go together. Well, okay, my other issue is that if you want to talk about the redhead... Which is a hot-button topic, too. Right. I don't understand how they got rid of the whole um, 
buy a winch, you know, auction, take a winch for a bride, and now they have a woman standing out there with three shotguns and a big bottle of gin. How is that more politically correct? I don't know. Um, drinking and firearms. Right. That that teaches kids a good lesson there. Right. I don't know. I don't. I don't think either is really that good. But if I had to pick one, I mean, I don't think I want to pick one. But if I had to pick <laughs> one, I would probably go back to what was. I think what they had there before. At least some kids wouldn't know what it meant. Right. I mean, I right. never understood when I was a kid what. No, that I didn't either. Meant. I just right. thought they're having an auction. Right. Rides. I mean, if you just <laughs> you just can't pick and choose what is PC and what isn't. You know, you gotta if you're gonna go all about politically correct, then you gotta do it all the way because these drunk people at these amusement parks are not PC, and yeah. they are going to invade your family vacation by being drunk around you. Yeah, I've seen a couple, you know, incidents happening at California Adventure where there's mm-hmm. been some nastiness going on where the security had to take people out of the park. Right. Because they, some people, when they drink, they get nasty. Right. And that's not what you want to see in front of kids and everything. It totally takes away from the experience. Right. It's, and the, go ahead. It's just like what I was talking about with Pleasure Island. Mm-hmm. If people were well-behaved and knew how to do things in moderation, right. they wouldn't have to worry about this. But there are people out, and the majority of people do, but there are the small percentage of people who don't know how to handle their alcohol in an adult manner. And they overindulge, and um, they act irresponsibly when they do that. And you don't want that happening in a family environment. Exactly. So, I mean... I just think that people, you know, a lot of our listeners and, you know, us, we've gone to these parks multiple times, but we still have to remember that there are people that are attending these parks for the first time and they're getting their first Disney park experience. And that is not fair for them to have to be experiencing somebody drunk and, you know, or whatever. I mean, it's just not like the Magic Kingdom should be the safe haven for that. You already have it in the other parks. But the Magic Kingdom, you don't need it there. Yeah. Well, I also feel like I just don't like the whole culture. And I'm sure some of our listeners are disagreeing with us, and that's okay. And that's what our Facebook group is for. If you want to make arguments to the contrary of how Ruth and I feel, feel free. We'll read it on the show. We'll give you, you know, your say. Not everybody has to agree with us, and that's fine. Because you sat here and listened to us. (laughs) Right. But I, I do have to say... That the whole drinking around the world thing is something that really turns my stomach. I just don't like that you make a game out of drinking. I, right. I don't, so many tragic things have happened related to alcohol. I don't. It, it's all right if if you if you're responsible, but I feel like drink around the world is irresponsible. That's how many pavilions are there? What, like twelve or thirteen? Like, yeah, and you're having a drink at every one of them over, mm-hmm. like, a short period and walking around. Like, I, I, I just, I feel that's an irresponsible behavior, and I don't endorse it, and I, I don't, I feel that people that are think that's cute and whatnot, I think that's kind of short-sighted. But that's just how I feel about it. I'm, I, you know, 
Disney does not endorse the whole drinking around the world thing. It's not something they sanction, but they definitely facilitate it. Oh, definitely. So, I yeah. mean, you know, there are things they could do to, 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 to reduce that, but they would end up losing money if they right. did. Right. And what they should do is exactly what I said. They should stick to having sit-down bars where you can't bring your drinks outside of the bar. And they can monitor how much you've had to drink. Right. Why, at least while you're there. Right. I mean, they can't stop you from going down to the next country and going into another bar. But maybe if you show up into that other bar and you're already smashed, they won't right. let you buy right. anymore. Yeah, right. At least, no, at least it can be more closely monitored. I mean, I'm okay with that. I, I think my main problem is out in the streets where you mm-hmm. can just buy up. You can walk up to a counter or you can even have like your, if you're like not, you know, presentable, you can have a friend walk up and right. buy the drink for you and then hand it over because they, they can't monitor right. who's buying drinks and who's drinking the drinks. And right. It's just, yeah. I mean, you could literally buy a drink there and take it to a table off to the side and let an underage person drink some of it. Yeah, exactly. So I I just don't like the whole atmosphere. I think that it can... I think that... You know, I think at some point there's going to be an incident. There's Mm going to be a major incident related to alcohol in the Disney parks. And Disney's going to have a, you know, a, a come to Jesus with themselves. Hopefully... Right. You know, I hate to see that it comes to that, but I think that's the only way we're going to see changes is if something really negative happens related to alcohol in the parks. And if they keep on the pace they're going, it's going to happen. Right. I mean, because they're just, I don't know. But enough enough about that. Right. Enough enough about being preachy and political. Let's move on. We ranted. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So on to, I guess, a little bit more lighthearted topic. So they have added a safety pre-show video to Splash Mountain. Oh, yeah. And this is, I guess, supposed to facilitate the ride, uh, better, easier loading. People can understand what they're supposed to do by watching this video. And it's it's just, there's a couple of screens in the queue, and it's not even like, it just has um, words at the top. Cute pictures, cute animation that fits the theme of um, Splash Mountain. And, you know, it kind of just explains, you know, two to three people in a row, put your mm-hmm. stuff by your feet mm-hmm. and things like that. So, I mean, if it really does help the, the line move quicker, sure. Yeah, I noticed that I did, this hadn't been put in Splash Mountain yet when I went. But I did notice they had that at the Seven Dwarfs uh, mm-hmm. mine ride. Right. They had something similar. My only gripe about it, I think it's perfectly fine. It doesn't, you know, it, it's well, it, it fits the theming and everything, and it's fine by me, but I just wish the animation was a little bit more what I expect Disney animation to be. Like, they couldn't have their, their animators do a little thing for it. <laughs> I mean, it's just, like, really limited. It's it's just, like, basically a slideshow. Yeah, there, that is there's, true. There's yeah. really no animation at all. It's just mm-hmm. a, bun- a series of pictures, still pictures, uh, I expect more out of Disney. I mean, they're famous for animation. Can't they do... I mean, these are... People are paying $100 a day. These are huge attractions. These are like main e-ticket adventures that are part of the Disney legacy. 
they can't have some real Disney animation involved in it. I don't, I, I, I feel it's a little cheap, a little cheaply done. And I expect more out of Disney. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind it in concept. I do mind it in execution. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, it needs to be a little, they need to plus it. It's not quite what I expect. Right. This is a, it, this is a company known for its animation and yet they have a slideshow. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, not appreciated. <laughs> you can do more Disney if you're listening. I expect more out of you. All right. So that was our last story kind of focused on Magic Kingdom. Mhm. Um So now Oh, actually no, I'm sorry. There's one more. Um oh. see, remember we're live. One more story. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the plumbing everybody if you heard that. I live in a 125 year old building and once in a while the plumbing is a little noisy. all right so disney has filed permits to for a specific area that they haven't um you know there's nothing built there but they they are seeking to create this site for temporary stockpiling of earthwork Mm -hmm. for some undisclosed project and the site could be multiple projects right this is just like a place where they're gonna they're gonna dig stuff out and then kind of dump it all in this little spot for safekeeping until they can figure out what else they can do with all this extra dirt mm-hmm. <laughs> that right. they're digging out. Yeah. So there's rumors that this is either going to be a couple of things. I mean, n- mainly a another Magic Kingdom resort, and yeah. so there's rumors that it could be the second DVC tower. That has mm-hmm. been um, in in the works for a couple of years, mm-hmm. or the possible volcano hotel that has been reported for about a year now. Behind Adventureland, yeah. Right, or the third possibility is that it's related to the River Country, uh, you know, water park, like redoing whatever that's going to be. There's a rumor that they'll be turning that into a, in a into a resort. Mm-hmm. So. They, they have these permits that they filed, but they haven't specifically said what it's for yet, so... I also heard a rumor. There used to be a runway in that near that area where they could take off and land airplanes. Really? And I heard a rumor that they might be um, doing something in the near future where they're going to offer um, airplane or maybe helicopter or some kind of trips from the airport to Disney property and they're gonna be reopening that area somehow in the future Hmm. only a rumor I don't know I just heard it somewhere I don't even remember where I heard it but it was fairly recently so we'll see I mean I know like they're 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 gonna be I saw this video the other day about um how uber is experimenting with um flying vehicles Mm. and they're gonna have like vehicles that can take you um to your destination above the traffic really and 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 it works sort of like a a higher grade version of one of those what do you call those cameras that fly around a drone drones it's kind of kind of use the same technology as drones only it'll be strong enough to lift people and at first, they're going to have a pilot in the vehicle, but eventually they're going to have it um, 
work in such a way where it's pilotless and it's all Mm -hmm. monitored, you know, from the ground by like a control center. Mm -hmm. And this is all stuff that that Uber is experimenting with right now. So I'm thinking Disney might be thinking about these things as well. And that's why they're going to be revamping that airfield area is because maybe in the future, maybe 10, 20 years from now, they'll have some sort of a similar service from the Anaheim airport where you can rent some sort of a vehicle um, that flies and takes you from the airport directly to uh, the Magic Kingdom area. Right. Um, So then the other three... So that's one thing I think they might need that stockpile area for if they're going to re... you know, fix up that, that airport area. The other thing... Um, the volcano resort, I doubt it at this point. <laughs> like, I think that's a pipe dream. I think out of all of them, probably the the DVC is the most uh, likely because that's the most economically um, feasible. Like, that they'll make more money out of that than any of these other things. Right. Um, and, I mean... Where is that rumored to go? Is that going to be on the other side of the contemporary? So now it's even. They have a tower on each side, so it doesn't look lopsided anymore. I'd be okay with that because um, <laughs> I think it looks terrible right now. I mean, at so least so you if, want another building that you can see from Magic Kingdom? <laughs> well, I would rather have that. I mean, you've already, you know, ruined it. Right. So I think that. If it's already going to be like that, you might as well put one on the other side. So at least it's symmetrical. Right. Hmm. I guess the police don't agree with me. (laughs) They're coming to get you. Yeah. (laughs) So I live in an old building with noisy plumbing and I live near, I'm like right, like walking distance from the main police station (laughs) in Rhode Island, the biggest hospital in Rhode Island. And a fire station. So, like, all day long, all I hear is alarms all day, every day. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I think that the river country thing is is likely to happen, too, because that's just wasted space. And people give Disney a hard time about that a lot. And it's kind of an embarrassment. How long has it been sitting there? At least probably a decade or more. Wow. So, I think that Disney's a little embarrassed about that whole thing so it would kind of be a good idea to to fix it up and do something different with it so if i were to guess i would think it was probably both like probably had to do with a dvc tower and the river country i think both are probably going to happen right in the in the near future mm-hmm. that's just my hunch right it's not based on any insider information i have i'm not jim hill <laughs> I do not have any inside connections, despite what people might think. <laughs> There's only one Jim Hill. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, there's no doubt about it. They are definitely going to be building more resorts around the Magic Kingdom and all of the parks. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's I mean, just a matter a def- of time. It's a matter of time and a matter of, you know, a matter of what exactly. Like, we don't know for sure what it's going to be. We just know it's definitely going to be something. Right. Yep. And speaking of resorts. Right. Well, now we're moving to another park this time for real, though. We're going to move on to Epcot. Mm -hmm. And so we talked about this story, actually, I want to say it was on one of our news episodes, but um, I'm not sure. 
Yeah, we talked about it with Will because right. Um, it was about how. Well, I'll, I'll let you introduce it, and then I'll say. Okay, so we talked about them building a hotel in Epcot, and the proposed site was at the entrance of Epcot, but then there was another second possible site, and I know we talked about our feelings about them building a resort hotel right in front of Epcot. Right. So, yeah, that was what Will was like over my dead body. He was right. <laughs> really annoyed by that. I don't blame him. I would be upset if they did that too. Right. Yeah. Well, none of us wanted the entrance. If they were going to build a hotel, fine. There was another location. I think it was in between the land and the journey to Imagination Pavilion. Actually, or... it's behind um, the Living Seas. Okay. Yeah. It's still outside the park, like... Um, like not in the like between built things in the park it's like behind where the park ends so it's kind of looking over the park but still faces the outside of the park right so i guess it seems that this is gonna be something that actually does happen although Mm -hmm. they're still not confirming the location you know i was wondering if they're gonna build it near the living seas maybe they're gonna incorporate the big fish tanks into the hotel somehow. Oh, that would be cool. You'd be able to see inside the aquarium mm-hmm. while you're in the hotel. Yeah, that would be really cool because then they could yeah. have like an under-the-sea kind of a theme hotel. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. I Like I said, I'm fine with the Site B. You know, I just think that changing the entrance to Epcot after all of these years, it's just, it's not going to be the same. So, I mean, I'm not as as over my dead body like Will was, but I still, I don't think that's the best choice. Somebody made a, um, a little picture on um, line that showed, you know how people do Photoshop to be silly? They showed a um, picture of Spaceship Earth with like a cheap motel in front of it. <laughs> <laughs> sent it to oh, Will. Oh gosh, yeah, you did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> did he angry face your post? <laughs> he thought it was funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is how people are going to see it. Yeah. You know, even if it's like the lap of luxury, it's still, you know, it's if you're going to cover up, up. Yeah, you're going to cover up Spaceship I Earth. I say get rid of those tombstones out in front of Spaceship Earth. <laughs> tombstones. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yes. <laughs> it looks like people died there. I, it's, <laughs> I hate that. Those big yeah. rocks. It looks like, you know, monuments mm-hmm. for the, you know, people who died or I don't know. I don't like that. I thought that looked terrible. Especially because so many of them are like half empty. Right. And they stopped the whole program where people could buy a plaque for it. Mm -hmm. So, like, they're just going to stay empty forever. And it looks terrible. (laughs) Well, they could have just done something similar to what Disneyland has, where they have, you know, the octagon-shaped, you know... um... Oh, they did that at at Magic Kingdom, too. They had Mm. both things going on. Oh, okay. Because when I worked at the Magic Kingdom in Custodial... That was when that was going on, and I swept that up. I looked at it every because I, <laughs> I saw those little octagon octagon things every day. Right. Yeah. So you memorize were, people's names. <laughs> they were they 
we're gonna i don't know if they're still there i didn't even look when i went recently but yeah were, i don't recall seeing them but they were gonna build them from the magic kingdom all the way to the contemporary and then from the magic kingdom eventually they were gonna build a pathway all the way to the um grand floridian and then eventually the whole thinking was they would build a whole walkway around the whole seven seas lagoon and have that you know that thing going all the way around but i guess it never happened thank goodness <laughs> wow it is kind of cool if you did get one of those plaques to go there and you know see your name on there yeah, so yeah anyway way to get money out of people <laughs> so our next epcot story is that there was an announcement at the D23 Expo in 2017 that there was going to be a space-themed restaurant planned for Epcot. Mm -hmm. And it is going to be located in a new area, a new location. There, there's never been a building built here. And it's going mm -hmm. to be between Mission Space and Test Track. Mm -hmm. And when they first announced this, there was some, of course, people always want to speculate that it's going into the old Wonders of Life Pavilion building. Right. But that's not where it's going. Right. So, I think this is a cool idea. I do think they need some more really cool restaurants in Future World. So, mm -hmm. this is a cool idea and, um, you know, another option for people to, you know, experience something different. So, I think this is cool and I like that they're building a new building as well. What do you think, Chris? I'm okay with it. I, you know, when I think about this, I would so much like prefer to see this in Tomorrowland. Yeah. I think it, it would add so much to Tomorrowland to have something like that. But I mean, and then I wish instead of having it be a separate building, that it could actually be some a new section added to the existing Mission Space building. So it had some sort of a con more of a definite connection to the theme of that specific pavilion. Mm -hmm. I mean, because you remember the old days when it was like that, they had restaurants and exhibits and all sorts of things that were all part of each pavilion i mean right. the land the land is still kind of like that right right and I, I and i guess to a degree um the living seas the seas with nemo is like that because they have the restaurant attached to that pavilion so that's what i would prefer um, my first choice would be tomorrowland my second choice would be to be have it be an annex to the existing mission space building rather than its own separate restaurant but i'm okay with the idea i think it's it's neat i you know no problem with it i think at least it fits the theming of epcot and it's not right. you know something that has to do with superheroes or pixar characters or something right oh yeah. and to and something i i'm gonna backtrack i'm gonna break the rules a little bit and backtrack another problem i have with the drinking in World Showcase is, at one point, World Showcase, the attractions were definitely more geared towards adults, but now they're adding all sorts of attractions with appeal to children. Right. They're adding the, they, they've already added the Frozen attraction. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're, they've they they've had the, the um, you know, the they changed the existing El Rio del Tiempo into a Three Caballeros attraction, and now, they're going to bring in the Ratatouille to France. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and there's rumors of other things. They're going to do Coco instead right. of the Three Caballeros. And there's rumors of a Mary Poppins attraction. So, it's like, 
now I have even more problem with the drinking on the streets in, Ep- in World Showcase because right. now I, they're they're purposely Imagineering and Disney is purposely trying to make this area have more appeal to children when at the same time there's drinking everywhere. Right. So right. I, that was a point I wanted to make and I forgot. So sorry for going back. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could talk about that topic a lot. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean I definitely agree with you. But who knows with this uh, space theme restaurant? Maybe when they actually build the building, they'll attach it to the Mission Space Pavilion, and and then so then it, there will actually be like an entrance that when you come off of the ride, you can go right into the restaurant. Or maybe it'll be separate but it'll be closer right in proximity so it'll seem more like it's more part of that building than part of the test track building right yeah right so i mean i think that's a good addition and i'm kind of glad to hear they're not going to put it in the wonders of life building because Mm -hmm. i don't think they'll ever bring back that specific um Thing, but I, I think there's other things that that space could be used for that would be better. Definitely. Turn, turn that into a, a new pavilion with a right. whole new theme or something. Right. With multiple things going on inside rather than just one restaurant. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. All right. And our last topic or our last article about Epcot is kind of an update on the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction that is being built at Epcot inside the old um, Universe of Energy. Yeah, Universe of Energy Pavilion. So this Guardians of the Galaxy ride is going to be the world's longest enclosed roller coaster. And basically that whole uh, Universe of Energy Pavilion, all that is going to be is the queue for the ride, mainly. And the loading yeah. area. So right. none of the actual attraction is going to be in that pavilion. It's right. They're building a whole new building behind it. And that's what's going to be the um, indoor roller coaster. So, yeah. And it's and, going to be like a, a several stories high. Right. Right. Yeah. It's going to be huge. They're, they're planning to get this open for the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, which is in 2021. And I know also that... Like the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at Disneyland, when they were filming Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they filmed their specific screenshots for that attraction. So the plan is for them to film the screenshots for this attraction when they film Guardians of the Galaxy 3, which has not started filming yet. So, you know, we're kind of, it's a long time from now when this attraction actually is going to open, but... They're really hyping this up already. I mean, we can see by the fact that they're doing this Guardians of the Galaxy kind of, you know, dance party, you know, um, performance thing at, you know, at the um, American Gardens Theater. So, you know, they're really hyping this up. I don't think that they're going to stop talking about this until it opens. So what do you think about this attraction? Well, I'm just amazed to think that the building, the existing building, is just the queue. Right. Because that building is huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, massive. That's going to be one heck of a queue. <laughs> right. Very <laughs> <Maybe>. long. <laughs> I think it's probably going to be less of a queue and more of a pre-show. Mm-hmm. Where you go into different rooms as you are waiting and get some sort of an entertainment experience while waiting for mm-hmm. the actual attraction. 
Which is good, because again, when I was talking about Dumbo the other time, how, you know, they're coming up with innovative ways to do queuing, I think this this may end up being yet again, yet another innovative queue situation mm-hmm. where it's not just about waiting in, in switchbacks. I called them swaybacks, by the way, in my in the last show. And uh, correction, switchbacks, not swaybacks. <laughs> swaybacks is a um, is a back um, condition that affiliates people, <laughs> including myself. Um, I have sway back, but it has nothing to do with queuing. It's switchbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I think there will be switchbacks. Can't be avoided. But I think once you get into the into the main part of the building, it's going to be kind of like the haunted mansion, where you go into like a room and something happens, and then you make your way to another room and something happens, and then after that, you get on the main ride. And I'm also curious to know if they're going to use the dinosaurs still. Hmm. If they're somehow gonna incorporate them into the story and keep the dinosaurs. Hmm. Because what's making me wonder that even more is how they showed that kind of promotional thing where they made up a little, they photoshopped a little picture to make. What's the main character that Chris Pratt plays? His character's name? Star Lord. They kind of made it look like Star Lord had visited. Mm. Epcot in the early 80s and he had like a souvenir picture of himself when he was a little boy so I'm wondering if they're somehow going to tie all that in and maybe you're going to be in Epcot with him as a child and then Uh some I don't know I'm just wondering if how they're going to I think they're going to somehow incorporate Epcot into the story that would be Awesome. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about that. (laughs) I'm just thinking there's going to be something to do, and they're going to keep those dinosaurs. I mean, that's just, I just have a sense, like a hunch, but I don't, I don't, again, I'm not Jim Hill. Right. right. (laughs) This is all just speculation. Well, that would be so meta. Based on nothing. Based on absolutely nothing but my own intuition. That would be so meta, but that would be awesome. I think that would be so awesome if they were... They recreated like a little bit of the ride of Universe of Energy into the attraction. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that and was, and yeah. while you're doing that, it would be part of the waiting to get on the main right thing. And then when you get on the main thing, you'll be somehow going through the cosmos with mm-hmm. your with favorite guardians, yeah. guardian characters mm-hmm. and Rocket Raccoon awesome. and everybody. Yeah. yeah, I know that in the queue for the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction at DCA. They have the collector's, you know, palace, or it's not really a palace, but his, you know, so the Gallery. collector, yeah, the collector is a character from the first movie, and right. he collects a lot of different, like, a lot of retro things, and he keeps them in glass cases, and they have that yeah. in the queue, and so I think that's awesome, and they're yeah. really tying in the story of the movies to that attraction, so, right. you know, I really do have high hopes that they'll do something similar to that for this. Right. I think that'd be awesome. And if they don't use the dinosaurs for that, they need to not get rid of them. They need right. to put use them for something else. And my thing, and I know I mentioned this a while ago, would be it would be wonderful if they could add the primeval world to the Walt Disney World Railroad at yes. the Magic Kingdom. That would be awesome too because And there's plenty of space yes. for it. There's that whole section from when you leave Space Mountain to when you get 
to Main Street, where there's just big empty field there mm -hmm. with nothing there. They could build a structure and put in, you know, so you go inside on the train and then put the whole primeval world in there, just like it is in Disneyland. Same right. spot as it is in Disneyland. There's room there. Right. Yes, please. Please do that. <laughs> Either way, I hope they don't get rid of the dinosaurs. Right. I, I agree with you on that. There's no reason to get rid of them. Right. So. Speaking of dinosaurs. <laughs> we're going <laughs> to move on to the next um, resort. Well, not not resort. Um, the next park. Park. So we're going to move to Animal Kingdom and talk about some of the new additions there. Mm -hmm. So the first thing that we already kind of brought this up already, but the new um, bird show that they have yeah. at um, Animal Kingdom that replaced Flights of Wonder. Yeah. It's called Up a Great Bird Adventure. And See, this... I don't like that name. Yeah. <laughs> Up a Great Bird Adventure? I guess you have to say it a certain way for Up, it to sound right. A Great Bird Adventure. <laughs> right. You can't say Up a Great Bird it yes, not sound up a great bird. Because <laughs> it's U-P exclamation point. Right, right. So you have to say up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they replaced um, Flights of Wonder, which mm -hmm. is, I had heard a rumor that they were going to, that this show was going to be ending soon. So that was one of the things that we did when we went to Animal Kingdom in December. Was and I when I went in show. February, it had already been closed, so I didn't get to see it. I have right. seen video of the original, but I never got to see it in person. Right. Well, it was. It's really cool. I really liked Flights of Wonder, and um, yeah. I, I really watched a little bit of this, but I didn't see the whole thing. Yeah. And um, I mean, I like that they're using up characters. They already have used up characters in the park already with the little, you know, yeah. Russell's adventures. You know, going doing your little hunt around the park mm -hmm. for um, for younger kids. So I like that they're using these characters in other places besides that. Um, yeah. I just hope that the show is as good as Flights of Wonder because it was Flights of Wonder was really good. Well, I did watch the whole video of it, but one thing I tried to keep in mind, and they did, I, I watched this. Uh, it was posted on WDW News Today, and it was actually. Um, the very first performance in front of an audience and so the MC at the beginning even made a disclaimer that you know things could go wrong because this is really kind of a, a one step up from a dress rehearsal this is kind of still we're still kind of ironing out the kinks and everything and they even handed out surveys at the end of the show to see if the audience had any suggestions on how to make it better if possible. So I did try to keep that in mind. I did notice that there was a lot of um, miscues because the birds were supposed to kind of show up at certain times and they were a little slow to come out at the, you know, everything's timed out a certain way and so it seemed kind of like, what's going on? There's dead air. Nobody's talking. What's And then the bird would kind of show up like 20 seconds late, you know? <laughs> but I think part of the problem is, and I don't know how they can fix this, is the character of, what's the little boy's name? I know Russell. the dog is, is Doug, right? The dog Russell. Is, and the yeah. dog is called Doug? Right. Doug, yeah, Doug and Russell. Right, right. so all of their, all, everything they say 
was recorded by the actual actors who played these characters in the film. So it's all pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. And the person in the sound booth presses a button when it's time for them to say their specific line. So that's really difficult to time that out when you when you're also working with live animals who are unpredictable. Right. So I don't know if that can be fixed because there was definite mistakes going on with the synchronization of all that and I don't know I just feel like it's probably not a good idea to combine those two things I don't Mm. think you can ever improve that I think it's just kind of you know a bad concept to begin with but the other thing that kind of and I love these characters I love Up it's one of my favorite Pixar movies don't get me wrong and I have no problem with with them being in the park mm-hmm. um, I think they fit the theme of Animal yeah. Kingdom because they're adventurers and all that stuff but um, I just don't feel they're the right fit for the specific show mm-hmm. I feel like you're combining too many different things and they don't really because you've got the, the main per human being character is like this very exotic um, Indian woman from not Native American but from India and she's um, speaking in all sorts of poetic ways and very romantic mm. and lovely. And then you have these <laughs> characters walk out and they just kind of don't mesh well. Hmm. They're like, it's not a chocolate and peanut butter thing. It's a chocolate and pickles thing. They don't, <laughs> they're not two great tastes that go great together. They don't mesh well. Um, I think they're trying to do too many things at the same time and less is more. Mm. They should either do one or the other. They should have a cute little children's show with Doug and Russell or they should have a bird show with an exotic Indian beautiful woman. You can't do both at the same time. They're trying to do too many things. I don't think it's ever going to work. I think the best thing to do would be just to go back to the original show or something closer to the original show where it's not gimmicky it's just about the birds and not about these characters just show people just want to see the beautiful birds they don't they could care less right i think they're distracting from the show mm-hmm. and they're By just having trying to russell like, and doug in it yeah yeah have them in another show where it's just them with, right with the, the older guy what's his name the um, the guy with the glasses it's- and and the one character that I feel would totally fit in the show, they didn't have. And I know they have a walk around of that character because he's in he's in the new um well I guess it's a her, right? The, she, the bird. The bird, whatever yeah. her name is. Well, it's her name is Kevin. <laughs> right. It's a girl, but her name is Kevin cuz yeah, so the one character that I feel would have worked would have been Kevin. Right. Because she doesn't talk. And she could just kind of be a funny little presence on the stage while all the other birds are flying around. So that could have worked. And then they could have given it the up connection by having Kevin be in the show. Right. But they had to have Doug so he could say, squirrel, squirrel. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and he goes up to, the, to that um, Indian woman, Doug, and he goes, we just met and I love you. And she's just like, oh, how... It's just like the characters don't match. Yeah. Hmm. So I, you know, I don't don't feel that that's the right fit for this particular show. But maybe after they get, you know, they read all those surveys and do some tweaking, maybe it'll, it'll improve. We'll see. 
It's still right. early. Right. Well, maybe. I mean, the bird show has always been a really good show. I don't know when it started playing at Animal Kingdom, but I mean, it, it was really cool. Like the way that in Flights of Wonder, how the birds would fly over your head and yeah, they, they would still do all of these that. awesome tricks. So, yeah. You know, the tricks, there weren't that many awesome tricks. I mean, they did show there was In the a, new one? Yeah, in the new mm. one. Mm-hmm. They, they did have the birds fly over your heads a little bit. It seemed like there was less birds. And it seemed oh. like it also, they did have a, a, a talking bird that mm-hmm. sang some songs that was really cool. I would like to see more of that and less of Doug and, <laughs> and, and Russell. Russell. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be more impressed by that. But I mean, hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah. Well, like you said, hopefully they, uh, you know, take people's uh, comments into consideration and do a little yeah. bit of tweaking. Yeah. Because I'm not the only one who feels that way. I've read other articles online of people who feel the same way I do. So mm-hmm. it's kind of an overall consensus. So hopefully Disney will correct that. Yeah. Well, another thing that they added to um, Animal Kingdom, specifically in Pandora, they brought a new Pandora utility suit as Mm. a walk-around character to Mm -hmm. Pandora, to the world of Avatar. So there is like a human man in kind of like a robotic suit. He's sitting in it, but it's, it's still kind of like surrounded by a robot. And it looks pretty cool. It does look cool. At first, I thought he was inside of it, mm-hmm. but then you, you, his legs are like out in front of it, so you can tell he's sitting in it. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess, I guess he controls it by. I look. They have some video of it, and it looks like he's almost controlling the walking of it with his actual legs. It's not. There's no like. Uh, mechanical things going on it's all it's all human powered right but he just has to slightly like just a tiny bit move his leg and it moves it or it could be that when it's walking it makes his legs move because yeah. it's adjusting the angle of the leg but i it, it, it it's hard to tell whether he's he's definitely controlling the arms right because he's got his arms on these little hooks and he moves them around but I'm not sure if he's controlling the legs or if it's some sort of mechanical, robotic mechanism controlling legs. Either way, it does look really cool. It does look a lot like a Transformer. Yeah. Is walking around Pandora. <laughs> right. It's like, what's going on? Why are the Transformers here? Did they invade or what's yeah. going on? But they, I mean, they shifted from Universal to Disney. <laughs> yeah, I do appreciate that they do have a character that's walking around and kind of explaining to people what they're looking at because I had I've never seen the movie mm-hmm. um, Avatar and I just basically had no idea what anything was. I mean, I thought it was pretty, but I didn't have any sort of connection to it other than what I you know at, at face value. I did notice that. When I went on Flight of Passage, that I saw what it really is supposed to look like, like how it was depicted in the movie, and then I walked outside of Flight of Passage, and I was like, oh. 
this isn't as nice as the movie was. Right. <laughs> so that was kind of a letdown. But anyway, I mean, it's still beautiful and pretty, but it's nowhere near what that you see in that flight of passage thing. That would be impossible to create. Right. I mean, they had oceans and right. huge mountains. And, yeah, but still. Anyway. Yeah, I think this is, it's pretty cool. Like I said, it, it fits the theme of Pandora. Yeah. And, um, I mean. It looks so cool. In, in the movie, there, some of the people, like, so it's, uh, you know, like, U.S. military people. And they have a suit that yeah. actually they do sit in. That yeah. they kind of, so that they can go out and do what they need to do on the But they were bad guys. So right. I guess they, they were wanted bad. to yeah. differentiate. These are not the bad guys. This is right. similar, but it's a good guy. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's one thing. So that's why I kind of feel like it fits the theme. But yeah. I had I had a couple of concerns. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just the video that we were watching, but it was hard for me to hear him. So, yeah, I would like to see him be on some sort of a microphone or something. Right. He's high up there and he's facing all different directions and he's kind of shouting at everybody. I think it'd be better if he had some sort of... And from the picture I'm looking at, I'm looking at a still picture. It does look like he has one of those... those like headset ma- Like Madonna things yeah. on his headset. Yeah. yeah. So maybe so, it just wasn't working in the video right. we saw. Right. So that was like one of my concerns. Yeah. And the other one was, so at least my remembrance of Pandora was there wasn't a lot of places, a lot of room to walk around. So yeah. with this character and having like everybody gather, gathering around this character when they come mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. there's not, I mean, it's going to be like, you're going to have to fight through the crowd to walk around. So yeah. that's another one of the concerns that I had when I was watching this video because I just don't remember it's them having a lot of yeah, yeah they didn't ha- didn't have a lot of open space yeah so I mean that was just something that I thought of but what some of the dialogue that I did hear from him was that he was saying oh where are you from are there anybody from Earth in the mm-hmm. crowd you know so he was basically you know doing this the cast member thing where he is from pandora he lives on pandora mm-hmm. so you know he was kind of you know keeping the story going in that way so i did appreciate that he had one of the people do a banshee yell yeah and i guess i don't know if they had this just as part of the ambiance soundtrack that's already playing but after he made the noises you could hear off in the distance a banshee like an echo kind of a thing well it wasn't him it was the real sound effect from the movie of Mm -hmm. a banshee but i he was like trying to get the guy to like call the banshees to him and so i don't know if that's something somebody off stage sets off a button that makes that sound go off Mm-hmm. at the right time or if that's just something you always hear as you're walking through the land every once in a while you hear that sound mm-hmm. just coming from the background it's part of the ambiance of the area i i couldn't tell it didn't really sound perfectly timed to right. what he was doing so but i thought that was interesting yeah so i mean i like that they're adding to pandora or they definitely need to that, yeah. that land is not done by any means, as far as I'm concerned. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. I like that they're, you know, adding walk-around characters and things like that. I mean, they should have a couple of Navi characters walking around, too, as far as I'm concerned. That's that what I... Be, and they kind of hinted that they, yeah. they were going to do that, but then they never... I don't know if, it's, if there's 
they haven't figured out a way to create those costumes or mm-hmm. I don't know. Right. So well, this is Disney. They could figure yeah, it out. They really <laughs> wanted to, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> so the next thing that they've added to Animal Kingdom is Donald's Dino Bash. And mm. this was a new addition that is kicking off May 25th. Uh-huh. And basically, it's going to be in the you know the Dino Land area, and um, Don- the storyline goes that Donald just found out he's a descendant of dinosaurs, and he's thrilled. So he's coming to the Dino area, and there's going to be along with his family members Scrooge McDuck and Launchpad McQuack, and there's going to be a whole bunch of new meet and greet areas in this in the Dino Land area that kind of you know give it a more Disney feel because they lost a lot of that, the meet and greets and the Disney characters when they um, closed Camp Mickey Minnie. Yeah. So that's kind of what they're bringing to Dino Land. And I mean, it's going to be closer. It's going to like be near the carnival area. I what right. I'm hearing. Not, mm-hmm. not next to the Institute, but more in where the carnival section is. Right, where the rides are, the, the yeah. small rides and stuff like off that. To, you know, off to the, the side where there's kind of like a big area and there's really nothing there. There's like the restrooms are there and there's a, there's a restaurant way back further. Mm-hmm. That's probably, that's where I guess this is going to go because there's space there to put it. It's probably just going to be a meet and greet, and then every once in a while they'll come out and do like a little, they'll play music. You know how they do at Toontown in Disneyland? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where they play like a fanfare, and the characters come out and do dance around a little bit, and then they just have like a meet and greet. I think that's kind of what this is going to be. I think unless they have some sort of a stage show tied with it, nobody's going to know that the reason Donald there is there. Is because he found out he's a descendant of dinosaurs. <laughs> From the picture I saw, he was wearing a pith helmet. So people are going to think that he's just like an archaeologist or something. Right. Explorer yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Which is fine, too, because to me, if Uncle Scrooge is going to be there and Launchpad McQuack, I, I feel like, you know, that's the type of adventures that they went on in DuckTales. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I mean, that, to me, that fits in anyway, but... Yeah. So they I need to ha- add Huey, Dewey, and Louie. They do. I was just going to yeah. say that. And mm-hmm. I, I just feel like, you know, this is fine. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't bother me. It's, right. it's probably something that's needed. The space is a little empty. It mm-hmm. will add a little interest to that area, so... Right. And this adds kind of like a, you know, a Disney connection that maybe yeah. the park is missing. You know, the Disney yeah. presence of these, you know, timeless characters. So, yeah, I kind of felt that way when I went. I did see um, King Louie and Baloo walking around quite a bit while mm-hmm. I was there in the Asia area. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I didn't see many Disney characters at all when I was there. Those are the only ones I got to see. Right. Ivan went to the Rafiki area thinking I might get to see him, but he wasn't there. Right. Maybe he was went. on a lunch break. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the, the animals were all on a lunch break, too, because none of them were in the little hospital area. I didn't oh, see. yeah. I did get to see, like, animals I can see anywhere at the petting zoo. Like, mm-hmm. 
sheep and, <laughs> and goats and stuff goats like that. And yeah. A cow. Yeah. Like okay. Ducks. <laughs> Ducks. Yeah. It's like these are fine, but where are the gorillas and right. <laughs> exotic yeah. animals I came to see. Yeah. One thing I didn't like, just as an aside, one thing I didn't like about Animal Kingdom is how in order to see the animals you had to kinda they were all kinda off in hidden areas. Yeah. I I wanted wanted more of a feeling of being surrounded by animals everywhere. I wanted more animal interaction just as you're walking around the park like you would in a zoo. I know they call it not a zoo, but right. It can still be called not a zoo if you have There was one place where they had monkeys swinging around, yeah. which was which was out in an open area and that mm-hmm. I really appreciated. Mm-hmm. But in order to like see the gorillas or to see the tigers or to see any animals, you had to like go into like a whole area way in the back and go down all these pathways into a whole separate thing. And I just felt like it was so separated from the actual meat of the park. I wanted more wildlife around me. That's what I was kind of expecting. That was one disappointment. I mean, I did really love the park as a whole, but I think it would have been so much better if they had more animal interaction just as you're walking around and not as like an attraction to right. see the animals. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, we're uh, thumbs up for Donald's Dino Bash. So. Yeah, not thumbs up for the name of it. Right. It's a terrible name. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But um, the idea is fine. Yeah. I think they should, I feel they should kind of have it more DuckTales, personally. Like, yeah. I would call it DuckTales Adventure or something. Because uh-huh. that's, you know, Disney's currently making, that's kind of, they're doing new DuckTales right now. Right. So, I mean, it's current. It mm-hmm. would be appropriate. So, I don't yeah. know. That, I totally agree. That would be a perfect place to put it. Yeah. Then so, they could still have Scrooge and Launchpad. Yeah. So, yeah. Lily Hi, agrees. Lily. <laughs> 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 Trying well. to keep her from sitting on my keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to pan out a little bit away from the individual parks and, and go back to talking about just Walt Disney World because there's a couple more... Um, topics that we want general topics yeah yeah. general topics so the first one this is kind of i guess older news but we still wanted to make sure we mentioned on our um mini episode and give our opinion on it right which is our main point right exactly complain about (laughs) (laughs) so start in may oh sorry starting march 21st disney started charging for resort parking for overnight parking for vehicles at and at all of the resorts and the price yeah. is different based on the resort that you're staying at so value yeah, resort 13 moderate 19 and deluxe and villas are 24 a night and so, if you do valet at the deluxe which they offer at all the deluxe they it's 33 a night right but if you are a DVC member, you you get complimentary parking. Yeah, at your hotel. Well, I guess everywhere because you can park for free at the parks too. Right. So, so the hotel can still, if you're staying at the hotel, you can still park in the park parking lots at the different parks 
for free. It's uh, park, 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 park. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can still park for free at the at the theme park parking lots and at the ticket and transportation center. But those are not overnight parking. So right. you, you have to go back to your hotel and then be charged that night for parking at your hotel. Right. So this is going to affect a specific type of visitor to the Disney Resort, which is the person who drives or rents a car, not the person who flies into the airport and then gets an Uber or a cab or Or however. Right, exactly. However, you want to get from the airport to the resort without using your own transportation. This is not going to affect you. If you have right. some sort of a rental or own car of your own, that that's when you're going to have to pay for parking. So, this is Disney. This, I I'm seeing this as as two. There's two reasons Disney is doing this, and they're both pretty crappy. One is to milk every last dime out of everybody they possibly can, which is probably the main motivation. If you think about how much money they're going to make from doing this, right. I was listening to another podcast, um, I forget which one, but they kind of did the math on it, and for one value resort, for one month, this would generate half a billion dollars. Oh my gosh. Or, I'm sorry, half a million dollars. (laughs) That's still, I mean, but this is one resort. One resort. like not even the whole resort like it all-star movies specifically is is what like this doesn't account for all-star sports all-star you know those would be you know if you add all those up it would be a couple million a month just from this parking thing that disney's gonna make and those that's just the all-stars which is the cheapest rate 13 dollars to park at the all-stars right then you've got all i mean if you it's probably gonna be about 10 million a month or more if you add it all up together with all the hotels that Disney's going to profit by doing this. Mm-hmm. So that's one motivation. That's a lot of money. Right. Another motive. they motiv- were basically, what, giving away, quote unquote, before? Yeah, but the other thing that you have to think of is people are paying a premium to stay at these resorts. Yes. So that should be part of what you're paying for is the parking. When you're paying that high of a rate, you sh- that should include the parking. When you're paying $180 for a quote value resort per night, that should include parking. Come on. You're nickel and diming people and it's right. pretty it's pretty, you know, crass. Yeah. It's 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 pretty tacky as far as i'm concerned it's a really tacky move and the other thing is their other motivation is to keep people from renting cars because if they rent cars they'll have the means to leave disney property and spend money elsewhere right so if you're giving people a motivation to just rely on disney transportation and not have a vehicle because if they do they're going to have to pay an extra $13 a night or $19 or however whatever they're going to stay at mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people that may opt out of getting a vehicle and then they'll say well I just won't get a vehicle and we'll cancel our trip to Universal mm-hmm. 
or we'll cancel our trip to Busch Gardens or whatever, or we'll cancel our trip to Gatorland. Right. Because Disney has to, like, have every single penny that people spend in Florida. They can't have a symbiotic relationship with other businesses around the area, which was, you know, one of the things that Florida gave, you know, such a easy green light to Disney when they proposed moving to Florida was the symbiotic relationship it would have with local businesses. And that's gone the way of the wind. Now Disney is greedy and they want every single penny that anybody spends while they're in Florida. Yeah. They want them to stay on their property, never leave, have every meal on Disney property, you know, spend every nickel on souvenirs, everything Disney, Disney, Disney. They don't want Gatorland to get, you know, any business. They don't, you know, it's kind of sad that these smaller attractions suffer because of it. I mean, I could care less about Universal, but um, like places that are really, you know, quaint and and special, like Gatorland is is probably my best example, will suffer because of this. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I don't know. I just feel this is a really cheesy tacky I have another word I'm not going to use on this (laughs) podcast but I just feel like it's it's not becoming it's not becoming of you Disney right you look really tacky right and I just don't approve of it at all right I think it's absolutely ridiculous and I mean it like one of the perks of staying on property was always that you had free parking at the different you know if you stayed on property, you didn't have to pay to park at the Ticket and Transportation Center or Epcot. That was a perk, but now that perk is completely taken away because who cares if I don't have to pay to park at Epcot? I have to pay even more to park at my hotel right. when I drive home at night. Right. So that perk is completely eliminated. And I don't know, I think they're still wrangling how they're going to deal with um, day guests to the hotel because right. they don't charge day guests to go visit and a lot of people were using kind of abusing that like people instead of parking at the ticket and transportation center they would go park over at the Polynesian mm-hmm. when they went to the Magic Kingdom because mm-hmm. they don't charge to park there right and then they would lie to the you know the ticket person you know the person who lets you in and say oh I you know I'm going to go shopping, and then they would just leave their car there all day and go to the Magic Kingdom mm. and not have to pay. A lot of people used to do that. So wow. they're, crack, they're cracking down on that. And they're also, um, there's rumor that they're going to start charging people just to park there, just to go look at the stuff in the hotels and stuff, hmm. uh, to shop and use the restaurants. Right. Unless they can prove, like, there's all sorts of things things going around if you if you have a definite reservation and they'll give you like a reservation number and you give it to the guard at the shack and that's the other thing that person is not there to deal with people paying him people giving him reservation numbers him looking up to make sure people are like that person is there for security right and now you're giving them all this other business to do where like if somebody's like carjacking somebody they're too busy getting your credit card i don't know well, hopefully I think that, they have more than one person there. They're just going to have to add staff. Right. Which yeah. will negate the whole, well, I guess, 
get so much money from the parking fees. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They can right. afford plenty of staff. But well, anyway, how I do mean, you feel about it? I feel I actually am not as upset about this as other things just because this is not a new thing. I've stayed at other hotels that are not Disney hotels and they're yeah, charging they me for parking. Yeah, but they charge what a normal hotel charges to stay there. Disney hotels are outrageously expensive. There are no other hotels that charge what Disney World hotels charge for the same accommodations. $180 a night for what, if I stayed at a hotel like that in Rhode Island, it would probably be about $80. Right, right. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's nice, but it's not anything all that special. And right. the other, and the other, the advantages to staying there's perks to staying on Disney property that that make it worth it. And little by little, Disney's chipping away at these perks and making mm -hmm. it less of a value, so people won't want to spend the extra money and they'll just stay off property. Right. Well, that's true. You still have that option. You can stay like where we stayed, which was just on the other side of Disney Springs. I was not in a Disney resort. Did they charge for parking? They didn't. But of course, this was before Disney implemented this. So, yeah. you know, because this just started in March and I was back, I was there in December. But, well, I, I think this might give off property hotels something to advertise. You can right. stay here and not pay for parking. That would right. be an even better reason to stay off property. Right. I mean, the other thing is if you are staying at a Disney resort and you don't have a car, but you want to leave Disney property, there's such things as Lyft and Uber that you can mm -hmm. get. So they cannot hold you hostage like they want to think that they can do it. You know, yeah. you can go to, to Universal still. So for the our listeners who think that this might keep them from doing that, don't think that. Do what you want to do and plan the vacation that you want to do. And don't let this keep you from going off property. Yeah, exactly. So. But I mean, um, I just think it's tacky. Yeah. Don't like it. Yeah. It's just, the one thing I don't like about it is, you know, like I said, it's not a new thing, but it doesn't put a good taste in your mouth for Disney. Yeah. That's, that's the problem. Because you're going to nickel and dime me like $13 a night if I'm going to stay at, at, you know, all-star movies. You know, yeah. like, come on. Like, I know it's going to yeah. all add up for them, but like, it just doesn't, yeah, it doesn't leave you a good taste in so some of the um, really high-end rooms at the Polynesian, the ones that are right on the water, mm -hmm. those new, like, I don't, what do they call them? The villa. The, the villas, villas. Yeah. yeah. They're like 2500 a night. Mm -hmm. You can stay at a villa in the actual, a, a similar type th situation in the actual Polynesian islands. <laughs> for for about for about <laughs> 800 a night right yeah so i mean it's ridiculous it's just ridiculous i don't get it <laughs> well let's move on to our next story which is that disney world will be strong rumor that they're going to be receiving new monorails mm -hmm. which is definitely much needed after especially that story that happened a couple months ago with the door opening while the monorail was actually operating. Disney so, will never let that down. 
Yeah, no, everybody. It won't. <laughs> I mean, the, it's it's gone mainstream. Right. Yeah. But um, because the other everyone thing, has a cam. I'm, that yeah. may have happened before, but nowadays everyone has a camera to document mm -hmm. it. Yeah. And it becomes news. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, they're lucky that nobody got hurt when that happened. They're very lucky. So that would have been. Well, we're all lucky because that might have meant the end of the monorail right. if something like right. that happened. Definitely. But, so I've also heard that along with these rumored new monorails, that mm -hmm. Disney is looking into new high-tech options to upgrade the monorail with possible projection mapping and augmented reality, like to be doing things on the windows of the, the monorail. So like... You could be riding the monorail, and then on your window, you could see, like, um, I'm just going to throw out an example, Mr. Incredible fly next to you, while, and then it looks like he's flying right next to you, literally, in the world, but it's mm -hmm. just your window. So, right. apparently, and this comes from Jim Hill, mm -hmm. so this rumor, that, that that's what they were um, possibly going to use this new technology for which mm -hmm. I think sounds really cool. As long as they do it with the real world outside. So if yeah. you put a character, that's one thing. Make it look like it's really, you know, that person is really flying, um, you know, right. outside of your monorail along with the real world. But sort I don't, of how they do the Finding Nemo, where you correct. can see the real fish behind them, but in front of it you can see the animated stuff. Exactly. I don't want to see a whole new world like I look outside the window and all of a sudden I'm looking at the world the, the Incredibles live in. Yeah, because that's ridiculous because right. this is one of the most beautiful places in the world and we're not looking at it because right. why? Right. I mean, didn't Imagineers design this place to be looked at yes. in this way, and now we're looking at cartoons while we're on the on the right. monorail. Right. Yeah. So I don't I, even feel that they need to do what you're talking about. I feel mm -hmm. like that's too distracting, and it sounds kind of fun. But if I if I were a local and I use the monorails a lot, and I visited the parks a lot. I think I would get so annoyed with that after like two or two <laughs> or three times. I'd be like, "All right, enough." I'm. It's it's so gimmicky. I mm -hmm. think it, it it has it has a very short shelf life where people are gonna kind of get over it and not, you know, I don't know. Well, here I Less have a couple is more. Of stick with the basics. I have a couple of thoughts though. Mm -hmm. So, I feel like they're trying to do this to attract the you know I don't want to blame the millennials because it's not just millennials but like because it's also younger kids too you know this you know cell phone you know your cell phone um, generation where yeah. you've always got to be looking at your cell phone when you're not doing anything else yeah. so I feel like they're they're doing this to kind of attract those kind of those types of people These low to attention have actually span look up. people right exactly to keep them occupied while they're riding the monorail they can't figure out for themselves to look out the window, so you know they need to have something to attract their attention. So that's one of the things. The other thing is, so with this whole um, skyway that they're building, there's a lot of issues with how many people the skyway is actually going to be able to transport, mm -hmm. and everybody is going to want to be on this. Mm -hmm. So if they do this to the monorail, 
this could be a way to get people to still ride the monorail instead of veering over to the Skyway. Yeah. Just saying. You know, they got to balance it out because then the Skyway line is going to be ours because, you know, you can fit, what, 20 people in a bucket. Yeah. And that thing is not moving fast. Yeah. So... You know, they're going to have, like, uh, just lines of people waiting for that. because Especially, to they're going to have a station right outside of Epcot at the International right. Gateway. And when um, Illuminations ends, it's going to be a disaster. Right. The other right. problem is that that gateway is not built to accommodate as many people as the front of the park is built to accommodate. So if now everybody is able to get to their resort by taking the Skyway instead of them of getting in a vehicle or taking the monorail, they're going to want to do the Skyway and when Illuminations ends, it's going to be a mob. And I, Disney kind of came to the realization of this after the fact. Right. For some After reason, already started building. For it. some yeah. reason, nobody thought of this ahead of time. <laughs> but I don't know. It's, I, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the video of it when somebody pulls out their camera and sees people waiting for the Skyway after illuminations. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, we will see those videos. I'm sure we videos. will. Yeah. I yeah. won't be there. So this is, I only will yeah. see it on video. I would never. Right. I would definitely just like be like, it's time for the monorail. Goodbye. Stupid uh, people. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, right now, like when I was coming, you know, going to the Magic Kingdom and then leaving the Magic Kingdom, mm -hmm. I took the boats because the monorails are so crowded. Yeah. I mean, it takes you longer to, to leave the kingdom and get there when if you choose to take the monorail. Yeah, see, I was staying on property so I could just get on the buses right there. I right. didn't have to deal with the monorail. But if I had to deal with the monorail, I would definitely take the boat. The right. one time I did go to the Magic Kingdom when I was... Because the first few days I was off property, I didn't take the monorail. I did take the... Um, the ferry boat to the Magic Kingdom from the TTC because I didn't want to stand in line and if you get in right. if you get on the ferry boat it's just pretty much everybody there fits on one boat exactly so I didn't have to yeah. wait at all because the boat arrived right when I got there and I just walked right on and got right there and if I had waited for the monorail I, had to, I probably would have had to wait for four trains right yeah. exactly yeah so I mean if the monorail has a long line go on the boat Right, because. and if you really want to ride the monorail as kind of an attraction experience, get on the resort monorail. Right, because there's the not middle, that long in of the line middle for of that the, one. In the middle of the day, yeah. like mm -hmm. as kind of, and it's also kind of nice to get away from the Magic Kingdom for a little while, and maybe you can do some shopping and kind yeah. of explore the different, like mm -hmm. the three different resorts. Yeah, or I you get that. there half day. And, you know, so you don't want to buy a ticket to a park, so you have a half day, so yeah. then go on the monorail. Yeah. When I was staying at, when I, one of the days I was at the Magic Kingdom, I left around noon, or no, a little later, maybe around two, and I did a whole monorail, and I got off at each yeah. hotel. I took a, each I hotel. took a nap at the Contemporary Resort in the lobby, because <laughs> I needed a nap. Yeah, so... Yeah, but I mean, I'm definitely encouraged to hear that they are going to get new monorails. I mean, the thing about it is, 
when you invest in this type of technology and you put this in a park, you need to maintain it. And it shouldn't be this news story that we're talking about because you should be ongoing maintaining it. It shouldn't be well, news. Well, I think that the problem is they needed to, I mean, Bob Gurr put it perfectly because Bob Gurr is kind of the, the person who let this out. Because he was at some sort of a uh, some sort of a fan convention or something, giving a talk, and he was asked uh, about the monorails, and he kind of said that you know contracts are being negotiated, which kind of let people know that it's kind of happening. And then he also kind of said, and this is what I'm alluding to, is that machines have lifespans, and these monorails were last replaced in 1986. That's ridiculous. And so, I mean, no amount of maintenance is going to keep these. I mean, because the amount of work that these trains do on a daily basis, no amount of maintenance is going to be able to to keep 32-year-old trains from running right. perfectly. There's going to be problems because they're very old. I mean, right. who's driving a 32-year-old car around? Oh, no one. So, yep. I, And these vehicles get a lot more mileage than any car. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's going to be problems. And it's it's right. they needed to replace these 10 years ago. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, when you put, you put some sort of a uh, mechanism, a mechanical item in your park, you know you have to maintain it. Thing and is, when it's when it's dying, you have to replace the it. The thing is, this so frustrating because Disney has so much money that they make from these parks, and they are yeah. so cheap when it mm-hmm. comes to maintenance. It's unacceptable, right? And it's like the rumor is that the whole Main Street theater that they were talking about adding in. That all the money that was going to go to that, they reallocated it to this instead. And my well, question I'm is, I'm fine with that. <laughs> well, I didn't. I wasn't really a huge fan of the whole Main Street Theater thing. I thought it was kind of weird. Why are mm-hmm. you building a theater right. in back of a theater? Right. But that being said, why does money have to be re? Don't you have? Don't you have enough? To like right. just add more money to the pot, you make more money than God. Right. It's like they have so much money they don't know what to do with it. And right. yet also don't they have like an emergency fund or something like that where oh well so- when something happens and they have to upgrade it right away? I don't know. I don't think I don't understand the whole fund concept right. when you have so much <laughs> money. I mean, doesn't just all the money go in a pot and then whatever you need to do with that money, you just take the money as you need it. Does it have to be you have I, I mean I don't understand the concept of budgets when you have that much money. I think budgets are okay as a as a guiding point, but I think that you should be able to add to the budget if you find more things need to be done. It shouldn't be like you shouldn't have to take money from one thing and reallocate it to another when you have such an overrun of money as it is. Right. And I read something today that theme parks, the revenue increased last year by 13%. Disney theme parks. That's ridiculous. Hmm. That's a ridiculous right. increase That's in right. revenue. And what are they right. doing with all that money? I just, right. I mean, bonuses for the executives, I guess, is what right. where all that money goes. Who knows? Yeah. 
So <laughs> my, you know, kind of based on that, it seems like uh, money that maybe was allocated for the monorails in the past got re-budgeted over to something else. Yeah. So they were taking money away from the monorail for so long, and now they don't have any other choice. They have to fix these. Yeah, because they put so. it off for so long. Right. Right. And the whole reason we don't have monorails going to the Disney Springs or uh, the other hotels is because Disney's been so cheap about the monorails, too. Oh, it's $1 million per mile to build new <laughs> mon- That's First of all, I don't believe that for one minute. Right. And right. second of all, even if it is, Disney can afford that. And right. in the long run, they would save a lot of money if they made that investment in the monorails because you'd have to have less buses. Right. I mean, you're still paying for something. So can't you just reduce something somewhere, put it into that? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. So, yeah. Well, we have one more item to talk about today. And that is that at a recent, I guess, like conference a, call. Yeah. Yeah. Disney conference call where they were kind of going over like the quarter. Quarterly you know, earnings. Yeah, quarterly earnings and budgets and stuff like that. There was people that asked, were able to ask some questions, and somebody asked Bob Iger if there was plans to um, expand and grow into, you know, I guess the parks more internationally into different um, markets. And he was basically saying that he thinks that there's opportunity to expand in China, and there may also be opportunities in other parts of the world. And they're constantly engaging in conversation with people from different markets who would love us to put Disney in, Disneyland in their market. Right. So how do you feel about this announcement that he made? Well, enough with China. Right. <laughs> they have enough Disney already. And um, I think we need to have Disney in other places, but not where they already have it. They've already got two Disney parks in China. Maybe he's talking about expanding existing parks. That's fine. But right. don't add any more. Got enough. Right. I'd like to see them add something to South America. Specifically, I think Brazil would be the best place because Brazilians love Disney. It's very popular in that country. And one of the rites of passage among Brazilian teens is they go to Disney World. That's kind of become a tradition in their country where they kind of go off on a adventure without their parents and um, they go on these group tours. That's why you see all those Brazilian tour groups in, at Walt Disney World. So if they had their own Disney in their own country, they wouldn't have to travel all the way to the United States to do that and they could visit Disney on a regular basis I think that you've already got a fan base there so that would be a definite good place to build Disney I think that Europe kind of they're having you know enough trouble as it is getting people to go to to Disneyland Paris so if they built another um, another Disney in Europe that would kind of like take away from Disneyland Paris and they struggle as it is, so I don't think that's probably going to happen. So really, my thinking is that if they are going to build one anyplace else, and it's been rumored in the past that this might happen, they would probably end up being in Brazil. 
which would be good. I would love to go to Brazil, <laughs> even without a Disney park being there. Right, right. It looks like a beautiful country, Rio de Janeiro. I love the music, um, the culture, and I have a lot of Portuguese-speaking friends, hmm. so they can teach me some basics before I go, like, yeah. <laughs> where is the bathroom? And <laughs> how much is this item? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I'm just curious about this. Like, are they looking to do some, like, a deal with somebody similar to what they've done with the Oriental Land Company in Japan, where they only have to just, you know, participate in, in putting in the IP and things like that, and then they just make money by, you know... Um, I think that's what they had hoped to have happen with Disneyland right. Paris when it was called Euro Disney, but because it was such a... It tanked. Disney ended up having to, like, take over. Right, to rescue the park. Yeah. Right. They even threatened that it was going to close after the first couple years Eisner actually threatened that they were going to shut it down entirely. They ended up closing a couple of the hotels temporarily because they had such low attendance. I mean, it was a disaster. It really wasn't until they built Space Mountain that that when they added Space Mountain, it saved the park. If it hadn't have been for the success of that addition, we wouldn't have Disneyland Paris today. Right. So, That's crazy. One attraction. Yeah. Saved the, the park. First, That's crazy. The, the, the year they added Space Mountain was the very first year they saw any profits. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, yeah. they um, I I feel like the only like feasible place to build another Disney park would be in South America. I think that Europe is not really in the right market because of Disneyland Paris. This kind of draws yeah. all the European countries. I feel like other parts of the world aren't like ready, so like they're not, they don't have the infrastructure and they're not, they're still kind of third world areas like for example Africa might not be ready for a Disney park. Um, right. South Africa is, it could be, because they're- Or maybe Egypt? Or, well, I wouldn't do Egypt only because it's not really there's turmoil going on in right. that part of the That's world. That's the other thing he yeah. did say about politics. Yeah, because like, Egypt is still kind of dealing with its new government, and there's right, you know, after mm -hmm. they overturned the guy that had been, I forget his name. Right. All that happened. It's kind of unstable in that area. Um, like they would never build Disney Disney World Israel. I right. just feel like there's going to be issues. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. But They're I, definitely looking for a peaceful political climate. Yeah, but oh, maybe Australia would be a good place. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Australia and South Africa, which they're very close. Mm -hmm. So one or the other, and then they could draw from each. Like if you built one in Australia, you would get South, South African customers and vice versa. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that would definitely be a good place around Sydney right. or whatever. Right. Or Do you think they would ever Disney build World another... Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they would ever build another, like, North American park? What about Canada? You know, the weather there is so cold. I don't know if it would work. Yeah. It, it, it could. Well, 
like it, it's cold enough in Europe, but up in Canada, it's like it would have they would have to close the park down for months. Mm. It could never be a year-round park. There's no way you could have a year-round amusement park in Canada because it's just well, too about, cold up there. What about other areas of the United States or anything? Well, they have talked about adding a Disney park right where you live, in the area yeah. near Disney's you. Disney's America. Disney America, but that never <laughs> happens. Right. I would like them to build one um, kind of right around Providence, Rhode Island, about <laughs> five miles from where I'm currently living. Right. That, that's a perfect spot for a Disney park. Yeah. You've already found the location, right? Yes, yes. And there's a monorail line that goes right yes. by my house. <laughs> and there's a stop right across the street Yes, from you. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I just wonder. I just think about those things. You know, they think about, you know, going more international. But, like, I mean, we have California and Florida, and that's it. And our so, parks are, like, maxed out. I, I, right. You might say, well, people will stop going to Florida and California. No, they won't. They will still go, and they'll be maybe a little more, maybe a little less crowded, which would be right. good, right. a good thing. And then, because look at the two parks. So California's main um, crowd is the locals, mm-hmm. and then Florida's main crowds are people coming from other countries to visit. So how? And I, mean, I would yes, say that Eastern. Other people, I would say but, like. Disney World is, is heavily visited by basically the whole East Coast of the United States. Right. Less so the Midwest. I think people in the Midwest are like 50-50 on it. Some of them will go to California. Right. Some of them will go to Florida. And when they do go, they go less frequently um, than the East right. Coast people. Um, I think that the Midwest would be a good place to put a Disney right. park because... Um, that's kind of an untapped market. They don't go to the parks as much, and maybe if you build a park there, they'll start going, and it's, you know, new customers rather than dispersing existing customers, so. Right, and I do feel like it would pull some of those East Coast people to, to go to the Midwest Park because, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's just like a nonstop flight from, you know, the East Coast to the Midwest. Yeah, so. You know, depending on where you're located, but, you know. They could build Disney's America and like do like the mathematical calculations and find out the exact center of the of the lower 48 United States, the connecting states, and stick a bar- park right in the center. I think it would be probably around Kansas or something. Right, and you know what? Kansas has connection to Walt Disney. It does. So, I mean, I kind of feel like that's a, a really good place. Yeah. My sister lives in Kansas. <laughs> oh yes, yeah, so you could go visit. Exactly, and we'd Quote, all unquote, go to Disney Park visit together. your sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I'm just like, you know, when they start talking about other countries, I'm just like, what about America? You know, we we are your main bread and butter. Like, you know, there there is a time when these parks are just going to be beyond capacity. Yeah. I mean. Well, Let's I think if you build one in Brazil, that from happening. I think building one in Brazil might help a little bit with Walt Disney World because they get a lot of Brazilian tourists at Disney World. A lot. Mm-hmm. That'll right. take off a little bit of the pressure. I mean, percentage-wise, there's not you know that's only a, the tip of the iceberg. But 
Mm -hmm. It'll still help a little bit. And I'm sure that if they built a park in Brazil, it would be hugely successful. Because they love... They even have, like... There's certain Disney movies that they're into. It's really weird, because I was looking into this recently. There's certain Disney characters that we don't even hardly think about in the United States that they're totally into in Brazil. Really? Like who? I can't remember, but there was one really odd <laughs> character <laughs> that's like a huge character to them. And it's like an obscure Disney character. I can't huh. remember who it is. If anybody knows what I'm talking about, please chime in and let us know over in the Facebook group. But I do remember that, hearing about that recently, and I was like, that is so bizarre. Why are they into that character so much? It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. And it's not Jose Carioca, if anybody's thinking. They're into him. They're definitely into Jose Carioca. But somebody more obscure. Yeah. Even more <laughs> obscure than him. Yeah. And I was kind of surprised when I heard about that. But now I can't remember which character it was. <laughs> Well, if we don't have anything else to say, that was our last story. I'm all set. You're all set? Yeah. All right. But we have a lot to talk about next time because yeah. we're going to talk about movies. Yep. All the upcoming movies that are coming out that we're really excited about Hooray the rest of the year. And... for Hollywood. <laughs> Let's go There's to tons of the movies. Out, so. Let's go see the stars <laughs> you can sing us out Chris <laughs> <laughs> well see you real soon everybody bye bye I have listened to the cuckoo his cuckoo and I've 